WTG for the week of May the 11th be with you. That's the one that I'm going to use. All right. I'm ready. Hold on. There we go. You think now I'm ready. You think you're ready, but you're not. Do you remember, like... the No. Well, what you haven't even waited. You haven't even listened to what I was going to okay. say. Okay, go on. Uh, in in grade school, which is what I, I don't think, remember this. You would be you would be told to play uh, the first probably like the first time you ever played a game of phone. Someone was like, "I've never played a game wait, of phone." Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, this is. I'm not trying out. to. I'm not trying to zing you here. It was just uh, the case I that, just, or like my family. Uh, I remember one time it was just like, "Oh, let's try this little fun game where." where a uh, game of phone where someone starts off by saying something and then without without fail uh some it should the game the real way that it's played is just someone says like winston churchill's knickers that's not a bad word by the way um and to the to All one right. person and then the next person is supposed to repeat that right obviously down the line if, if for anyone who doesn't know the way that this works uh but sure. and then by the end uh, someone along the line, because the first person says says uh, Winston Churchill's knickers, and the do you next... want to choose another phrase before you proceed with this? Uh, well, then by the second person, th- again, not a bad word. Should I say underwear? Yeah. Okay, Winston Churchill's bra. Um. Uh. So it, the first person says Winston Churchill's bra. The next person says Winston Churchill's bra, and then by and then the third person will just say like. Barack Obama's dog bow and then at that point it gets to the end and it's like how did that happen because one person ruined it purposely and that's the problem that kind of attitude like you can't it's not the the point of it it's is fun to see it, the it's gradual. fun to see the actual the actual thing get uh just kind of grow and change over time have the a nip, the the initial uh sentence just gets kind of distorted as time goes on but then one person is just like i'm gonna go off i'm gonna derail this right now and it becomes like a completely different thing and that's the that's also the problem with gardic phone that's kind of where i was going with all of this is you can have and it's sean it's you sean friend of the show sean thank you i'm putting uh, you on for the uh, use of your uh thoughts and prayers i'm putting this uh, right in the beginning this is right in the beginning and you're on blast right now it's you sean it's you who do this you do this I'm looking at these garlic. I'm look. I'm looking at this big uh, thing of Gardic phones, uh, which is a game that works kind of as a drawing version of this. Someone draws some. Someone says a prompt. So a, uh, adorable hot dog dog, and someone has to draw in kind of like MS Paint kind of an M- a, a adorable hot dog dog, and then the next person has to say what they see. And then and then it'll it goes back and forth with what what did you see and then it goes to another person draw what this person said they saw so over time you do get like a you'll have a gradual slow change obviously but then there's sometimes where people like Sean it's you Sean will just change it completely and throw it for a loop like the 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 example was adorable dog winking but he's winking because his like eye is dry or something like that so you get a dog that's winking and their eye is dry then the next person said like sad chihuahua okay we're still on the right thing and then sean said like dog with six kills or something like that because of the it was like six tears and he interpreted it as six um tattoos tear tattoos yeah you're in the wrong and i hope you know that this is this podcast is not about this so, so i do but yeah so 
but but I but I really do like that other version of Gardic Phone. Well, tell me about it because I don't even think I got that on. Yeah, so the other version of Gardic Phone, which is a you know this is like a free game that you can play online, kind of like it's in a browser. In a browser, so that's always that's kind of cool. Uh, one of these games that you expect to be like could have gotten popular dur- during uh, quarantine, COVID, right? You know, yeah. in the same way that like uh, Among Us did. Uh, so one other variant of this is uh, called Knockoff, and the idea is that at the start of it. Uh, you get a long amount of time to draw a picture of whatever you want. And then after the round is over, you've had a lot of time to draw this perfect image. Uh, Your image is passed to somebody else uh, who must try to copy it, uh, but they have less time. And then it just goes through all the rounds, like if you have seven people, seven rounds where the image gets passed along and they have less and less time. And... One one of the reasons why I liked this one is beca- because it became a little bit less about people trying to uh, transform things uh, into something totally different, and people were just trying to like <laughs> maybe do their best to remember what it was. Yeah, or to even uh, interpret because that because I it does there there's also something that's like actually in a non-joking way. Um, cool about it because it does just become an abstract piece of art at, at, at some point yeah yeah absolutely um so i played that what else have i played i i don't play any video games you i don't play, play video games this is i play path of exile I play, I, i've been playing path of exile i've become a james mason of path of exile i i've just been playing path of exile yeah. um my willingness to to play path of exile I am physically limited in the amount that I can play Path of Exile. And by that, what I mean is that it is a game that affects my wrist like no other. Okay. So I, I am physically uh, stopped from playing it because if I play it too long, it hurts my wrist. That uh, sucks. But I started... Is there a way to kind of do this? Like a pat, maybe like a heat pad or something on your wrist? Is there anything maybe, that helps? Maybe I could... Uh, lower my sensitivity drastically and just play the whole game with my arm well uh, but... or yeah yeah so i started developing uh my second build um and that's kind of where the game gets fun for me where i'm kind of uh, i'm trying to like juggle two characters at once and you know i'll find something like like i'll get up to this piece of content and be like ah oh, this character would be terrible at it but my other character is great at it so i could like swap characters and and, you know, push forward with them because I kind of have like a boss slaying character and then I have a character that just clears uh, areas really quickly where essentially like I shoot off one volley of arrows, uh, one volley of burning arrows. Uh, and the whole point of the build is that it spreads ignites. So I shoot off like one volley of arrows and like the whole map just clears in like a really satisfying way. So I'm just like switching between my characters of like, all right, so... Right now, I'm in the mood to map, so I'm just going to go in. I'm going to clear these maps. Uh, oh, I just I just spawned a Conqueror on my Atlas. So now I'm going to switch over to my other character, who's like super tanky, uh, hardly dies, and I'm going to go beat the boss, and I'm going to go back to the other character. And I, I find that, that part really satisfying. Because the other thing that happens is that it really uh, opens up the value of items for you, right? Where... Uh, Sometimes in, in Path of Exile, you can hit a dry spell on items where uh, you're just not getting drops for your character. Uh, but when you start playing multiple characters, uh, it, it kind of alleviates that issue by itself. 
Yeah. I've been playing a little bit of Path. I'm just playing all, ga- all, all James games. Um, mm. And I'm doing a... Uh, I really don't... I don't super understand the, uh, the math behind it because I, I'm i just going off of a math ill build for uh, Exsanguinate, which I think is one of the prettiest looking skills I've seen um, in the game. It, you sh- it, like, it reminds me of Scarlet from um, Mortal Kombat. I think that was her name, right? Yeah. Scarlet. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, uh, she... You, Honestly, you, just hearing you say that makes me want to play Mortal Kombat. Yeah, I know. It, it, it was a. Game. You know what? I, do you, you know how I can make you want to play less? Go on. Freddy Krueger, and yeah. like. Wait, no way. Ter- no, the Terminator. Freddy Krueger is not in there, right? Is J? Is Freddy? They, they always have like. It's like Jason is well, maybe in there. J- there's Joker, which is by far the worst. Joker is in there. Um. Well, the Terminator and oh, RoboCop. How about that? How about RoboCop? I, I'm somehow can fine for with all of these except for. The Joker. But one of them, really? That's the one? Yeah, I mean... Is it not the one for you? How about Cassie Quinn? It, well, that's Cassie Quinn. Who is that? Is that, is that, isn't that, um... Oh, is that a is skin, it? actually? Who that's is like that? like a Harlequin skin huh. for... I don't know. Either way, uh, yeah, that game has the Joker in it. Yeah. So... And the only game I'm willing to play that has the Joker is, is Persona pers- 5. <laughs> um and smash brothers Ooh, yeah okay fair um so yeah it's it kind of is reminiscent it's like the you shoot out these bleeding tendrils and i guess the main part of the build is that the tendrils stack um a uh bleed um up to three times on targets uh and it just it's pretty looking like it looks it looks really the the actual skill looks really nice like the uh, tendrils of blood look good and i think that when like once after they shoot out they kind of like all uh impale things and then drop to the ground so they kind of also create this big splatter um yeah it, it, it's a it was a pretty cool build and and it, it also involves tons of golems which doesn't feel like again it, it it's i'm always reminded of what i don't like about path of exile and it's shit like that like this build like it doesn't have any personality like the, the the skill itself looks cool, but then like a lot of the power in it is just utilizing golems, which is not like you know it's not really anything that that seems like kind of con- yeah. Well, I mean, if you're gonna take a build from someone who's playing at like super high levels, then they're gonna make those arrangements. I mean, the purpose of the golems is that if if I recall correctly, Mathel's exsanguinate is converting physical damage to lightning damage, and then is using an elementalist. Uh, to empower shocks so yeah. i i think that that how, is how why... is it being converted though i don't even see on on the uh um it might be getting converted through a physical to lightning skill gem um it, it's it is definitely probably i mean if it's the version i'm thinking of it's taking the um passive for elementalist that makes it so that all of your hits shock and then yeah i mean golems are Golems are really good if you're going to do uh, ailments. If you're going to do uh, elemental ailments. So let's not let's let's uh, go away from the James games for just a moment. Okay. Take me to the village. So oh, I want to start getting into some I, Resident Evil spoilers right away. All I right, feel sure. like this is uh, well. I will try and spoil uh, as little of it as possible. If people are like mad horny for this game and they don't want anything at all to be spoiled then i I mean don't listen to any like it's kind of weird like some pretty wild stuff happens even in the first 10 minutes of this game yeah um and you know it's it is hard to just deal with spoilers in the internet era because 
I actually didn't have this spoiled for me, so I just won't mention it because it really doesn't matter at all. But uh, there, there was a YouTube video that I just saw that was titled, like, why does this character do this? And that seems kind of weird, like that, that just a brazen it, and it's early. It's it's the first thing you basically it basically happens like as you're gaining control. So it's not like a late game spoiler, but still like it's it's kind of like a jarring, you know, thing that happens. Anyway, yeah, I think I think it, it reminds me of uh, when The Last of Us Part Two is coming out. Oh, yeah. And, I know you know, you everyone is like, oh, shit, this thing happens really early in the game. And it's like if people didn't know that. I bet it would have a lot. It would be pretty impactful. Yeah, I agree with that. This this feels like um, one of the, if not like the big, is this the biggest kind of release this year so far? Um, if you don't count Monster Hunter Rise. Yeah, I mean, well. Or new Pokemon Snap or Breeze, then sure. Yeah, so it is the biggest. It does feel like it's the biggest. Uh, the one, the first thing I would say about it, I don't know, um, uh, what, how, how you would, what you would, uh, think so far about it, but I think it might be, like, the prettiest game. It, it really combines realist, a, a realistic look, um, well with, uh, with its, like, it, it, it's one of the most, like, best, like, photorealistic looks without looking, um, Uncanny Valley. Yeah, well, wait until you see it on my machine. Yeah, I, I can't even imagine. I'm not running, so, like, I don't have any ray tracing or anything, and I think that would look out of control because it just it, it really is one of the best looking games I've, I've ever seen. Um, it, it is it is so gorgeous. Uh, I've been constantly impressed by how um, good I think it looks. Yeah. So that is that has been actually the, nothing. Um, nothing in the trailers or early stuff made me think that one of the main things I would take away from this game was just how good it looked. Um, but it really, it really just looks gorgeous. It does so many things right. It's also the best, most realistic looking skin. It's crazy. Yeah, it is. They they are doing some weird stuff with like skin, like translucency. And there are like, there's settings in the game that sort of, um, are related to the skin textures that you can adjust to make it look even more wild. So, and, and yeah, just a really good looking baby. That, that you know that was what i was thinking about was that one of the first things here was a spoiler by the way you hold a baby you I'm hold sorry. a baby i'm sorry it's about this a, but you do hold a baby and it's a fat baby it's a kind of a fat baby. baby it's kind of a fat baby it's the first the moment that you're in booting up so this is i don't i know i i just said it i peeled the bandage up the bandage off um but you look at this baby's forehead and i've been thinking about this baby's forehead i got to be honest I've been thinking about this baby's forehead for the entire day. It's kind of like, it, it, it was like, it was the first pop-out scare. Because I was looking at this baby's forehead and I was thinking, damn, that skin is so realistic. They got all like the lines in it and shit. If you look close, like you could just see the little, and then you could see like on, you know, the little like dots and, and shit where the hair is going to grow. It's crazy. It's crazy mm. how good it looks. And the way it reflects light, it, it, it is just astounding. The, the initial... Uh, house that it that it first takes place in is just just unbelievably good looking if you think your light gets reflected wait until you see my light yeah i that's i that's why i i can't even imagine it on uh uh with ray tracing because it is so it is such a good looking game uh i i do think that it is for me the the benchmark i can't think of what a better uh a, a better looking game in 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 that sense in the photo in in the kind of like attempt at photorealism 
uh, sense. I think it's it, it is like a, a a benchmark right now. Yeah, and it and it has the um, advantage of having very tight areas that you're moving through slowly. Yeah. Uh, and, and you know that ability to slow down, like they're not they're not trying to scope a world the size of uh, Cyberpunk, for example. Yeah, you so, you are absolutely right about that. Uh, games that like Resident Evil does this a lot, and like Dark Souls games, I think or the games that kind of fo- focus the most on looking good because you can put in a lot of world detail and because you're not just like sprinting to the next fight and then sprinting to the next fight, there's so much to see in yeah. in, be- in between. And, uh, and you know where the player will be entering like areas from and things like that. Um, at its best, I, I would say that the cyberpunk can, can give Resident Evil a run for its money um when it's doing its set piece moments but otherwise yeah i would agree with you that uh resident evil village definitely a looker and and they do so much with like um the just the environment just having so many little details in it and it makes sense because it kind of enriches that time you spend poking around looking for um you know handgun ammo and uh uh herbs your green herbs so yeah i i mean i i i There is kind of minor spoilery stuff that I want to say. I think there are a lot of elements of this that don't count as spoilers. So anything to do with like... We're uh, sensitive. We're understanding. Some people... I'm sensitive to spoilers, you know? So and I feel like you 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 can trust me, right? Like so when I'm sitting in there with chat and I'm watching you play, you you know that I'm going to approach like any any information that I give you from the angle of I don't want to ruin this. Absolutely. So but some people will just be like, well, I saw somebody else play and and I know what happens in the end. And they're well, like dangling it over you like, "Oh man." Well, there know? there's the I don't know. There's the classic, um, really frustrating thing where, uh, you know, I could be like, oh, wow, that was a difficult fight. And then you'd say, not more difficult than the next fight when you get up to the waterways. Huh. It's stuff like that where where you're just constantly um, kind of lording that information or just saying, like, do you know what happens next? It's like, no, I'm playing the game. Do you know, though? We have friends like that. That'll do, we have friends like that that do that in regards to... Like, uh, everyone has a friend that does this about TV shows. Um, yeah. Like, oh, yeah, I... I uh, if you think that episode is good, wait until you see the next one. Yeah, I love uh, Sopranos DX. It's the space sp- Sopranos. And then you have a, the friend who's like, did you get the episode where Rich kills Toby? And then you're like, what the fuck? Why would you do that? How could you have done it's this? Not, it's not even a spoiler. It's it not a spoiler. The they... first minute of the first episode. It's not, it's not even a spoiler. It's the first minute of the first episode. Rich holds Toby's baby. And then if you if you type it, in Sopranos DX into Google, it's like the first thing that it's comes like up. it's the it's first that it's the first thing is the very first thing that they pipe in is why did Rich kill Toby in the series finale of Sopranos DX? And Everyone that's why wants I just to know. Don't search the internet anymore. That's why it, I don't search the why I, I don't tell anyone how far into games I am. That's yes. I just don't do it. You know. Uh huh. So. What's your um, I, Resident Evil as a series is so interesting. It's got such a weird history, and they've really pulled it back on track. I think Capcom in general has pulled everything back on track. I, uh, friend of the show Ryan Galway, thank you Ryan Galway and Bumper for the use of your music. We use the intro and outro. You can get it off the new album Pop Songs 2020. You can go to their YouTube to get links to all their merch. Um, is always get it? you can get it. 
Got it. Okay. Okay. Go so on. he's always making the point that like uh, Capcom is has kind of been nailing it out of the park, right? With their with their last and and their uh, Monster Hunter World, I think, was like has been just like fattened up their coffers in a way where I think they look pretty comfortable. Um, they've just been doing a phenomenal job with a lot of things. Like the Devil May Cry that came out uh, was pretty much universally loved. Um, they really got Resident Evil back on track uh, with the last couple ones, and I think that it was bold to go to a first-person um, uh, camera, and that they've been making it. Uh, it it's been paying off. Uh, so that it's been kind of uh, they've been they've been having a couple uh, stellar years here. And they, all they got to do is is nail a Street Fighter, right? I know, but they never will. I that that the whole time I was just saying that last sentence, I was thinking in the back of my head, I just wish that they could do this with Street Fighter. Don't they just have to get the netcode right, and everything else will fall into place? Uh, but the banana hair. There's still problems with Street Fighter <laughs> outside of the like aesthetically. Five five kind of to me looks like. They had interns do certain parts of it where um, it's like Chun Li looks good, good job. We're gonna make ten thousand skins for Chun Li. Uh, everything about her animation wise and stuff is top notch. Sure. Then you go to Ken, and then someone was like, um, "We need an intern to just do a real quick Ken." So what? What do you got, intern? And the intern just like uh, two large bananas, and then a banana in the back. It's bananas in the front, party in the front, party in the back too. But um, yeah, let me play as uh, the baby from Resident Evil in uh, Street Fighter, so that it has those good looks, those you, good good looks. The baby from Resident Evil, the the that clear skin. The baby? Oh, okay. The <laughs> baby from Resident Evil. So yeah, it, it's a it's a it's an interesting long series, and increasingly, I don't always know what Resident Evil means. I guess to me, Resident Evil, uh, and first and foremost. Um, I think that they, I, I'm fine with them changing a lot of things around with the formula. But for me, the thing that is most like indicative of the soul of Resident Evil and what I want the most is kind of an area, probably like a mansion or maybe a castle. And um, you are doing a lot of like backtracking and you see a door and on the door is like a horse. And then you, you're like, I'm going to remember that. And then you're going around, and then five hours later, you look in a lockbox, and there's a horse door key. And you're like, where did I see that goddamn horse? I don't remember. And you have to start going all around the, 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 the mansion looking for the, the horse door. Or so just hit the map button. Well, yeah, this one has... Well, the old Resident Evils didn't have that. Um, like, Resident Evil 2... Oh, that's, uh, oh, that's dumb. And Resident Evil 1 didn't really have anything like that. Um, but... So that's what Resident Evil means to me. I don't know how what your uh, overall opinion... I feel like this is a, a game series where it kind of matters what your history is with it. I don't know. I don't remember your exact history of that. I know you've played the more recent one. I, I played know. 7, and I played uh, 2 Remake. Did you? Were you a Resident Evil person? Uh, growing up? Yeah. I played um, the Resident Evil, Resident Evil 2, and uh, I watched... A significant other at the time playthrough uh zero and um like code veronica yeah you played resident evil on um was it playstation uh, or you played it on the game the gamecube gamecube the gamecube remake is so good and it, it it i was just thinking about how good looking it is to this day it like actually holds up um very well uh but 
so do you like what do you think of overall of the series like are you would you consider yourself a fan is there stuff about it that you like i'm not a fan of resident evil this series i'm a fan of a good resident evil game yeah know? what is a, a fan but of what seven. is i'm a fan of two remake so maybe that I'm, is i liked the... four you know i played yeah. four so maybe that i guess that's like one of the bigger questions too because you can resident evil has kind of changed so much over the years that uh they uh Capcom can take it in a lot of different uh, directions and still call it a Resident Evil, but there's there's aspects that people like and don't like uh, in there, and that's why for me, um, uh, I think I I do like four a lot, and four is one of those just like uh, games that so many games these days are kind of you can follow their like bloodline back to four, like four obviously is one of the most important games, um, but but two. Uh, I guess no, specifically like one and two are the the games that I think are my kind of favorite that uh, that that work that that mean the most in that for that formula that uh that like being in one spot getting so used to it backtracking a lot and all the little things like like uh, fighting the inventory and enemies that take too long to kill and frighten you and stuff so. Uh, those are kind of the things that are more important to me. Um, yeah, I mean, in, in general, though, I like horror games. You know, like I, I played uh, Amnesia. I played through Outlast. Uh, so so I, I dig the style. I One thing that I like about those other games is I, is I do find the sense of helplessness. Uh, you know, that, that's kind of a rush. Like, that, that's, that's fun. Uh, same thing in, like, Phasmophobia. Like, I... I I think Phasmophobia is still kind of like, um, I, I think it might be the best horror game, like in general, just because of the, the scares that you get because of the procedural generation. You know, we, we've talked a little bit about uh, this concept before, but the way that fail states uh, work in games makes the, you know, the, the idea of, of a horror game uh, kind, kind of not work because... Uh, and you know the example that we used uh, previously was Alien Isolation, but but it kind of applies to any uh, heavily scripted horror game where uh, you are going through this area, you don't know where the creature is, um, it gets you, uh, and then you die and you get sent back. Well, are are you still scared? <laughs> because yeah. now you now you know where it is. Like the the, the tension is kind of gone. And it's returned to being gamified, right? Uh, so that's kind of, of the failing. And essentially, the game has to occupy this perfect space where you're always feeling tension, but you're succeeding. Because if you fail, the game isn't scary anymore. Or at least that moment isn't scary. Yeah. So there's a lot of... There, that is a, a really important thing to bring up. And... Uh... I think one of the most interesting things that I think about right away was that I, I don't know if you knew this, but Resident Evil as a series actually has done this a lot. And one of the biggest examples is four. And what this is, is that there was a massive AI algorithm run. I don't even know if you knew this because I, I think this is pretty bizarre. Actually, you would know it because they talk about it a little bit in ADGQ. But um, in Resident Evil 4, there was this crazy, you, you, there, there is difficulties, but there's this crazy secret algorithm that's going on in the back that pays attention to um, how well you're doing, 
um, how often you're taking damage. When you're killing enemies, are you getting headshots? Are you like looking really good? Or are you are you fumbling a lot? Are you just like shooting in people in the enemy's feet a lot and missing a lot of shots? And the and the algorithm does all this a- extra judgment on the side. The AI director. It's an AI. It, it, it is an, left for dead. It's it, but it's so yeah. It, this is like one of the first examples of that. I, I think it was the literal first major example in a AAA game, at least. Um, that there was like an AI director in the back of four, and it would do all these kind of different things. So and uh, one of the main ways that kind of people ended up figuring this out, I guess, was like due to um, speedrunning because they would start talking about like oh. At this part, there's usually two enemies. They realize, like, no, actually, there's a way you can uh, fumble it, do bad, do poorly, and then they'll spawn less enemies, and then that way you can... So there's a lot of, like, weird um, manipulation for the AI director, but that is such an important... That is an important key it, to, to not making people frustrated. One of the... So when you were asking me, like, last night, you watched me play, uh, like, four hours or so of Village, and... One of the things that I would say that I feel the most positive about it, like this is the this is actually other than just that it's that it looks gorgeous. Um, I would think that I I think that, that pacing wise and difficulty wise, uh, it is phenomenal because um, uh, there I don't know, so I don't want to do anything spoilery, but in video games, especially horror games, one thing that they'll do um, is maybe like take a weapon away from you or make a segment where you like can't kill an enemy. The good example would be like Mr. X, right? Um, and or, Mr. X, or, or right? Um, nemesis, he Mr. X um, or, or the nemesis. Um, so Resident Evil as a series likes this, um, this character that will like follow you and kill you. And it puts this dread, this tension as you're kind of running from it. And you can't just simply plug it with bullets and, because uh, it just doesn't work like that, um, and they they'll do that in Village, and usually there'll be these kind of semi puzzly segments where uh, the enemy is kind of chasing you, and you have to use the environment well. And I'm sure we've all like played video games where like you're getting chased by an enemy, and you have to use the environment. And one of the worst things is if they don't balance it right, and they don't kind of like visually tip you off to certain things in the environment that you should be looking at or certain like you have to look quickly at this window because you're going to jump out of this window and you're going through the segment and you get caught and you don't see like a window that you're supposed to jump out of or a lever that you're supposed to pull or a door you're supposed to go through that you end up getting killed and then you have that problem uh where where now the segment has gotten less scary and it's starting to get frustrating um, because you went yep. through this whole part and then something that the designers did like didn't tip you off. And in Village, it for the most part, except for this one part that you watched me like fumble one of these exact kind of segments um, and messed it up the first time, uh, for the most part, I think that was like my only death. And usually the game feels very fair about like frightening you with something, making you feel tense but making it so that you can do it the first time and still maintain that, like, woo, that was a close call. Because if you keep dying and then you just get to the point where you know exactly how to do it, then it doesn't feel like it's a close call and nor does it feel like it was a particularly scary segment. It just feels frustrating. Yeah, there needs to be this sort of, like, as soon as you die, you are playing a video game. <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it really rips you out of the moment. Um, and that that is really a problem that is... Uh, unique to 
um, unique to horror games because horror games are really about they're you're investing like emotion in it, like you're investing your immersion. Like, they're 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 more important to be immersed. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's not the same thing as if you like die in, in Pac-Man because it's like, well, I was never immersed in Pac-Man. I was, you know, it's about the score or whatever. So yeah. Uh, but more so than even other games, because you can have games that feel immersive. Like people will will say that, like you know, a Fallout or something, um, Elder Scrolls sometimes feel immersive. You get feel it like you you kind of get so immersed in the game world and and, and you uh, want to do all these like minuscule things. And sometimes games even push you into like doing that weird thing where you act out the character, like like a Red Dead or something, where you're like, I should go eat now. And like, there's not there's nothing that's like making you sometimes want to eat or do something like that or or go to sleep at night like you can probably like infinitely stay awake but you start to just feel like you are so immersed that you're doing these little kind of kind of things metro obviously being like the best example that gets you to do all these little kind of tasks that make you feel immersed but for all of those games other than maybe metro actually because metro is kind of horror but for all those games like the immersion is a side goal to for the developers but you but like you said like with horror it's the key goal because if you're not immersed if you don't kind of like glue your eyes to the screen and you aren't really like afraid of dying or losing you know um uh time uh then they don't then developers can't you know don't have a lot to hang over you um but for the most part i don't know how how have you how have you felt with uh with like would would you say this is a particularly scary game pac-man is my favorite roguelike uh so resident evil village in terms of being scary i mean uh it's tense i think that the beginning is pretty spooky but it is not as like dreadful as resident evil 7 was uh, I, I think that there was uh, something scary to me about 7 because of the environment. Um, Resident Evil Village takes place in, like, a fairy tale, almost. Whereas, like, Resident Evil 7 feels like it could take place... At, well, it takes place in Louisiana. Like, yeah, and, like, and at, literally like you in know, Louisiana. like, a, a creepy place that's down the, like, down at the end of your town or something. That big old house that nobody wants to go near. Uh, and, and I think, like, that, that the... Uh, familiarity of it was what made it more unsettling uh whereas this like this is the most uh magical that a resident evil has ever felt to me yeah right about that i don't i wouldn't i would also say i particularly don't like that uh and and so like i i think that because it's like such like a gothic horror uh i i like that i like the aesthetic but it is um not frightening it's it's fun like I, I like I like it. I like the the camp. Uh, oh, and that's another thing. So I, I, even I, I don't know if this I, game has I, some sincerely funny moments. I, I and I'm not sure if they're supposed to. Yeah, be. They, it has to be. I don't it know. It Has to be like funny. I, uh, I I I I think this is something that I want to talk exactly. We'll we'll probably um, we haven't done this in a while because we haven't had one of these kind of games. Um, but I think uh, once we both finish it, we'll like do a full spoil, like yeah. an open spoiler. I think would be fun to just like completely talk about it and say and be comfortable saying with whatever we want at the end of one of the upcoming podcasts. But um, I have thought that like um, uh, kind of tonally the game is disjointed. Uh, there's certain 
things that like yeah. I, I don't want to mention them, but but it like reminds they... me of a yeah. It's always sunny in Philadelphia, where uh, it's the episode where Charlie is doing the play, and Max says something along the lines of like laughs are cheap. I'm going for gasps, yes. and then he like goes out there and does like karate moves, and people start laughing at him. And like there are some moments in Village that definitely feel like this of like. I don't know if that's supposed to be like a scary thing, but it's like really funny. But, but also like the moments with like the Duke or like you know stuff like that like has to be like like it's not always going for scary, right? It's not always going for scary, but there's some things that it it does that like it we'll we'll talk about it. But the, these kind of like joking moments or over the top moments happen during like frightening sequences. So it kind of makes it tonally weird that they didn't go for like more realism in those in those frightening sequences to keep you immersed because it it kind of harkens back to like this is actually this kind of thing that we're we're talking about is har- harming that uh, immersion. It's harming my being afraid of it or being like uh, you know emotionally invested when they are making some of these bizarre um, camp choices in during in the middle of frightening sequences that I, I think just doesn't that for me doesn't really work out. Um, and I actually agree with everything that you said. Maybe it puts me more on um, it, 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 you, you explaining that also has kind of put certain things in, in to light for me uh, with resident evil seven. Uh, the, as you said, like it, first of all, it takes place in Louisiana. It kind of takes place in a uh, poor town in like a nice kind of, but like wooden kind of house, um, like a like a kind of a mansion. But it, it also is a little bit run down. Um, and I think one of the things that is most uh, most strong for me is that, in, especially in the opening segments, in the opening like six or so hours, I think. Um, you kind of don't have all these mini enemies and you kind of are more afraid and you're using guns more like, like there's this, the Baker family is kind of like hunting you in, in this house and it feels horrific. Like they know the house and you don't know the house and you kind of aren't using guns to kill them because they're too like immortal. So you use weapons more to like, stop them and get away um and i think then like it's able to like keep this more horror tone um and then in this one i noticed a lot of fodder enemies and the fodder enemies are pretty bungling um so uh, i i don't think that like like there's there's this there's some segments where they're throwing a lot of these like slow shambling zombie like enemies at you but it's just like rooms and rooms of like six or seven in a room. And they're giving you like a hundred. Like I, I, at one point I had like 115 handgun ammo. So like that just, I, I feel like I, I don't like the two numbers I just said. Like t- make it so that there's two much scarier enemies and then give me like 20 rounds of handgun where I feel like if I miss a few, I'm going to be in a bad spot rather yeah. than just like, we're going to put like 18 non-scary enemies in the next room and we're going to have a ton of ammo and the enemies are just going to kind of slowly and poorly walk at you. I, that's That to me like is a weird um, direction to go in, you know? Like 
Yeah, I do prefer these enemies to the molded, which was the enemies in Resident Evil Village, which were just like in amorphous Resident Evil Seven. Yeah, in Resident Evil Seven, which were just these like black, like blobby human-shaped creatures that would come towards you. There, there is a bit of variety in this game uh, in terms of the default enemies, where you have like the sort of zombified enemies, the sort of uh, beast enemies. Yeah, which lycanthropes. Are faster. Yeah. Uh, you know, later on, you you get some some flying enemies. So that variety at least makes things kind of interesting for me. Um, and, and they do present the enemies to you in in some uh, scary ways. Like there are some dark corridors. There's uh, you know uh, areas where they are you are knee high in like blood, and they are like crawling through the blood and stuff like that. That is like uh pretty spooky so so i mean that that kind of stuff I, I think that works for me um and also it does feel like good in this game to to get like weapon upgrades and to to start feeling like a bit stronger and then but you know then later obviously they're gonna put you into a situation that kind of like oh well your old gun is no good here oh they do that's what well, you go to high rank or something that's my assumption right i mean i've played monster hunter so that's Anyways, I, I think that we can move on from Village. You know, we're both pretty early on. I think I've put... I, I'm a, I'm slow with these games. I'm I, I'm five hours Do in. you know... What, what's the time to beat Resident Evil Village? Wow. Pops up right guess. away. 12. 12 hours. What is it? 10 to 14. 10 to 14. I said 12. So a new game mode has just released in Apex Legends uh, alongside the new season. So the new season Apex Legends Legacy... Uh, has released alongside a new character, a Titan pilot named Valkyrie. Probably the most pure, fun Apex character uh, that's ever been released. Uh, so her kit is she actually just gets to, like, boost and fly around. Her basic ability is the ability to fire off a volley of rockets at an area, and her ultimate allows her and her team uh, to redeploy where essentially she rockets them up into the air, and then they can fly and land somewhere else. Uh, so alongside the new character, they also released a new weapon called the Bowcheck, uh, which is an actual bow, uh, and it's way too powerful. Uh, <laughs> but that aside, they also came out with a new game mode, which is the Arena. This is a permanent game mode in Apex Legends, and it is a 3v3 round-based, economy-based team deathmatch. 3v3, uh, round-based, economy-based. So we're essentially, at the start of the round, you have a set number of money. Uh, you use the money to buy your abilities, uh, your ultimate if you want to. You can only use your ultimate once per game. Uh, and weapons. Once the game starts, you have your weapons, you have your abilities and all that. You, you also have to buy uh, grenades if you want them, healing items if you want them. Uh, once you get out into the fight, there is a circle. Uh, that will begin to close. There is uh, some like crafting materials, uh, which you can use if you get the crafting materials, you're bolstering your economy for the next couple of rounds. And then you also have a uh, like some supply bins full of healing stuff. And then there is a supply drop uh, that will land and will have uh, some very powerful items and some, you know, uh, like a fully kitted gun or something like that. 
Um, and then other than that, your goal is to outlast the enemy team. So it's a 3v3, and you're just fighting. Uh, but but it's pretty cool because it is, uh, I don't know, it's, I, I guess you would call it kind of like the Spike Rush or something of Apex Legends, where it's this um, lower stakes game mode. Uh, it's really quick to hop into the action, like, like no real commitment. Uh, the games are short. You're always just fighting, like, the whole time. So it's also really good, you know, maybe you like the vibe of the Battle Royale, but you need more practice with the gunplay. Uh, this is a really good way to achieve that. Yeah. Do you think it's good to have another mode that kind of like yeah. separates? Like, I guess there's not really problems. Uh, like Apex is doing pretty well for itself, uh, that there wouldn't be problems with like uh, queuing or whatever. Um, but it always just is sometimes weird to have like another completely different mode. But I guess Apex has been around long enough that it might deserve it, I guess. Apex has crossplay too. Okay. So yeah, that at, helps at this out a lot. point, there's uh, there's really no shortage of players. Like I, I'm never waiting for a game in Apex. My my waits are longer in Valorant than they are in Apex. Yeah, and that's only like 10, 10 minutes. Ten, I mean, uh, ten fifteen <laughs> seconds. Yeah, well, it depends because sometimes, like depending on the server that we play on, it can it can take a while. Mm-hmm. You know, it could take a while. Um, so I think it's a really cool new game mode, and I I would urge people who you know. Maybe if you checked out Apex, but Battle Royales aren't for you, uh, give this give this a try because I think that I think that Apex has fantastic shooting. I think that the, the shooting in the game, the weapons, they I think they feel excellent. So I think that a game mode that is just like totally based around that, around like the movement, the maneuvering, the gunplay, uh, you, you know, obviously you do lose some things with uh, it not being a Battle Royale. Um, like the way that you traverse the map and there, you know, there's a tension that is lost, right? I mean, like it's a different game mode, Uh, but I'd say give it a try. I I do wonder how the character balance looks in arena compared to uh, the proper battle royale mode. I would think it would be kind of similar just because you're still kind of like in the proper battle royale, you're still kind of having those like in, in best case scenario, usually that is what you want is you find a you as a three team of three find an enemy team of three and have a fair fight so i think yeah but some of the characters are based around like um like scouting areas out mm-hmm. and so for example like loba uh loba's passive lets her uh see rare items through like walls and through crates but that's not very useful in this game mode right so i, I do wonder how those uh little little things like that uh you know, kind of affect the balance of this game mode. Mm-hmm. But they could balance it in other ways, sort of by, like, adjusting the uh, cost of her um, abilities and things like that. Yeah, if it, if it got, if the mode ever got so popular or whatever, they could always do something like, um, like, just change what her ultimate does um, for for that mode itself. If that was, like, a huge concern. If, if the rest of the cast is doing well in it and there's, like, one or two characters that kind of don't work in that mode, it's not, I don't think it's the most um, important thing. And you're always going to have, like, a meta form, right? So you're always going to have, like, there would always be uh, a group of characters that perform especially well in that environment and then a group of characters that don't perform well for that mode. Yeah. Apex has continued to trudge along, like, to... Trudge. I guess trudge is not the word. Yeah, trudge is... Sort of just, like, to, like, thrive. Like, it's been a... You know, they keep adding new characters, like good, fun, interesting characters. Uh, the last couple they added, Horizon was super fun. Fuse 
Uh, probably my favorite character. Valkyrie, like, undeniably fun. The, the They're changing the map. They're rotating weapons in and out. They they have their their pace figured out. Yeah. Um, so it, it's really cool to, to see. And I, I, I always feel good whenever I hop back into that game. Um, but I guess it's not the only shooter we've been playing, right? You've been playing uh, Monster Hunter Rise. <laughs> wow. What a what a turn. Um, yes, I've been playing Monster Hunter Rise. Um, I I just love Rise, man. I, I am loving Rise so much. My opinion of a lot of the weapons has changed uh, since the last week where I completely broke down a uh, did a, an ordered list. That list, if I did it right now, would look kind of would look pretty different because um, one of my favorite weapons in the game now is the heavy bow gun. Uh, just awesome weapon and I just as I just I'm always more increasingly impressed and uh, by different weapons so since the last time I was talking about all the weapons I hadn't played any hammer and I hadn't played any uh, hunting horn and since then uh, and uh, heavy bow gun was like my absolutely least favorite but all the H's came back for me in a big way right now because I, I I'm loving the hammer the hunting horn might be my comfort pick right now like it might i think it's one of the strongest weapons in the game like the uh the damage output is wild uh like the buffs are wild it's fun to, like the the fact that like different hunting horns do different buffs is is pretty crazy there's a lot of um huge invincible frame uh attacks on it it has some of like the, i think it might have the most lenient invincible frames of of any of the weapons just on like basic um buttons so that's a crazy, crazy weapon. Um, it's kind of interesting, though, because uh, I, apparently they took a lot of the uh, uniqueness away from it. It used to be that you had to, uh, the whole idea of it was like, this is a musical weapon, and it would be like to act, uh, each each different individual weapon, each, each regular hunting horn has three different songs, and the songs were like combinations of attacks, and I think for the most part they were just like, you have to do X, X, and then... Uh, perform and then do your do your performance attack or do a a and then do your performance attack for this monster hunter um there's this like triple try i forget the name of it it's like triple triad or some shit and uh basically if you have one of every um every type of note on your uh musical staff then you can uh do this big massive like swing around performance thing that that plays all of the songs at once and self buffs uh i don't like it so it so i don't like that uh i don't either i mean the overall way of the that the weapon feels is phenomenal like i said it's like probably it like that and sword and shield might be like the my two biggest comfort picks maybe also longsword um but now i'm just saying a lot of different things but um hunting horn just feels phenomenal but it is weird that they kind of went away from the uniqueness and one of the switch skills there's like a performance mode and echo mode and uh the performance mode is the base what it starts out as and in performance mode if you just simply put two notes together um uh the, it'll it'll automatically utilize the song without using performance um and then in Echo, that's the the more traditional uh, Monster Hunter hunting horn mode where you have to, like, you, you do XX, now you can play the song, and now you have to use Perform, which is a whole different, which is a different button. 
Um, and like that at the end of like the perform, like they, they do this big swing and then they blow into the hunting horn and then that causes the song to be played. So a lot of the flavor of hunting horn, I feel like was, was lost, um, by, especially the triple triad thing. I'm not saying it right, but, uh, there is a, but the fact that, that like normally you'd have to, you know, kind of remember or or work around um different notes i guess one of the best examples of how i could say it is like some hunting horns uh to play a song you might only need one note so that could be an advantage to that hunting horn where you could do one x one a and then an x and a or something and on one musical staff you could get away with um playing all the songs right and then you could have stronger songs on a different hunting horn where it requires longer button inputs right but if you only ever need to do x a and x and a on the same musical staff to completely do all of the the music then you you get my point like you don't ever have to ever think about the combinations because because the way i play it right now anyways i'm just going to get my all the all the notes like ready so um uh, th- but at the same time, it's, uh, I, I find it to be like a super good, uh, super so fun. Your, your, your trajectory of Monster Hunter is still interesting to me because I remember when Monster Hunter came out on the 3DS and you said that, uh, it, it sort of loses something by being on uh, handheld platforms. So you thought that world, uh, was, was going to be kind of the one for you because of the fact that it's on this, the, uh, the big screen uh but but here you are playing a handheld monster hunter again right like you're playing in this handheld you're i mean regardless of how you're playing it you're playing it in 30 frames per second locked so what what, what do you think changed like are do you want to go back to world what do you what do you want next out of out of monster hunter I've been thinking about it. I would want, uh, uh, like, I, I, th- I think it would be kind of interesting just to go back to world, and I, or I think that if they come out with another uh, mainline console-based Monster Hunter, that uh, I would probably put a, a ton of time into it, uh, more so than I ever have, because now I have more of an appreciation for the series. I think the, the main thing that this one just kind of sold me on was that, I've said before, just the, first of all, like, the movement is, like, you're Spider-Man in this game for some reason. I don't know... Um, why uh, that was kind of the, the direction that they they wanted to go, but like be, you're like the fact that you're kind of just like Spider Man and you're um, able, you're so like mobile and you have so much aerial mobility, and then the silk uh, bind attacks and the wire bug attacks and how much more kind of like special they've made it. I I I I, I think what I really want to see. Uh, for the next mainline is and palamutes palamutes i think are very important is i would i would love to see in switch skills um like so so i guess it's just a perfect combination of all these things that make the weapons feel even more unique and that you get a lot more um self like you get a lot more expression because of things like the uh where how are you going to use your silk bugs uh which which skills are you going to use um which weapons do you like and because of that you get like this this really phenomenal kind of like player uh expression that i think is as is not quite as exaggerated in the the rest of the series that i've played imagine you you appreciate that it's on the switch at this point right i mean i've been i it is good that it's on the switch i i agree with what you're saying like um that uh, Monster Hunter as a series is this kind of like uh, extremely repeatable game, um, 
and they they want you to redo the content a lot and having that on a portable system is uh definitely different like i i guess it, it would be interesting if 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 I went back to world right now, would I be playing it a lot? I don't know. Like, I think that a lot of times when I sit on my computer, I kind of want to, uh, I would play Valor and stuff like that. Like maybe I would go to, uh, playing world again, but there's something about like, but I, I think I would play a lot of it. Cause I do end up playing a fair amount of, of, uh, rise right now while I'm at home. Um, so yeah, yeah. I think I, I could imagine myself just playing, um, uh, a good amount of it. So yeah, the the, the the hunting horn I really fell in love with a lot. Even though I I would like to see them t- t- tune that tune that back, um, ah, if you know what I mean. It. Tune you, it right. If you yeah tune t- tune it a little bit. Um, and like it's like a tuna, tuna, like too much tuna. Um, and uh, yeah, I've been playing. This I was playing great. a lot with the the heavy bow gun. Um, what makes the heavy what, bow gun heavy? That's what everyone wants to know. It's That's heavy. You got you roll so fat with it. You got a fat roll. Okay. You got a fat roll. So um, I guess the big thing that has kind of changed since the last week, which I guess is massive, um, I probably should have led with this, is that I got to high rank. And uh, that has been that has changed a lot of things. When, when we were talking on the podcast, I don't know if you could hear uh, my deflation, but um, you were like, you know that the uh, armor sets that you're building uh, are just like shitty. And there's a whole different, the way they work in high rank is is like completely different like you're just going to drop these when you get in die rank and i didn't really know that that was the case um i'm glad that at least like my weapons are are still being the basis of what i'm upgrading but uh i i didn't really know that uh that the the armor sets just get invalidated yeah so this is your first time right be- yeah going to, this is uh... my i think this is my first time being truly like in high rank i guess i've never been in high rank before i've never seen like that there's like this clear delineation between when you go to high rank and uh what it looks like and then you go to these harder versions of the same monsters that have um new abilities or like more difficult to deal with overall and then they drop um new drops um, that are that make it harder to farm because there's more drops. You you not only do you have like these rare drops that you're going from the monsters, but also the fact that um they just drop more things means that it's harder to farm them. Um, and I didn't know that it was so different. I and uh uh so so high rank in general has been like the new thing that I've that I've been doing. Um, and I've been having a blast in high rank. Of course, uh, I fought the high rank uh, mizutsune and got up to six star high rank quest the mizutsune was the first for me it was kind of like i guess there's been things before magnamalo was like the um madame butterfly i guess right of of um uh, of monster hunter rise where it was the first fight where i was just getting punished constantly and had to um approach it in a different way um one of the uh like i guess there has been i'm trying to think of like other fights that i had like in a, a lot of difficulty with um the other than just magna malo which was the first big point um mizutsune hard rank has was a, a, really a, a huge challenge for me um i was also using like heavy bow gun and i wasn't using the shield um which i i didn't know about at the time um i was just using the the uh the extended barrel um so that was a really hard fight and i had to like keep playing it until i got it down but then today i had an amazing moment where i was doing uh this i was just trying to clean up 
the five some of the five star quests I hadn't done. And there's a quest for the land switch skill where you have to uh, capture Arathian. And when I went to the, 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 I looked at the map, there was a question mark on it. And I, I couldn't think of like what left is there in the game that I haven't seen um, because I know that there's the, um, the DLC uh, monsters, but I don't know if they can appear yet. I would imagine maybe no. So I was like, I just want to go see what this is. And it was Rajang. And for so long, uh, I, I've been subscribed to like a Monster Hunter Reddit and I see uh, like even for for years and I always see a lot of like Iceborne memes up until Rise came out and I know that Rajang has been is like kind of consistently like this memed on monster that is like this supposed to be the hardest at least I, I hear a lot of like jokes about how it just carts people a lot and it's very aggressive and frustrating to deal with and it it's cheap it's cheap yeah that's the main thing is like he's cheap he gets some cheap kills on you yeah so um yeah for me this was actually one of my biggest like gaming moments in quite some time uh that beating rajang i wasn't even supposed so like yeah he wasn't even a part of the mission i just saw him and because it's been memed on for so long it was the first time i've ever seen him on a map so i guess i just was like i I, I want to try this out. I, I want to go. I want to give this a like a, a a good try, and I I beat him without getting carded, and it was a, a ridiculously cool fight. Like I love that that fight. He he kind of like he 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 didn't kill me, so I guess he didn't fully live up to the hype. But he was um just like he's like all, one of the most mobile like enemies I've fought in that game. Just like constantly bouncing around, and he's also just one of the most intimidating and scary looking monsters. So just the the, like my heart rate was up the entire time uh, I was fighting him, and I just kept thinking like, can I do this? Or like at any point, I think I'm just gonna get like one shot or something. And no, I managed to do it, and it was. It, it's kind of exciting not knowing their health. Yeah. So when it's like, am I actually? Am I doing how anything? Much health does this guy have? Yeah. Yeah. So like when I finally dropped him, I was just like, it, it, it was it was a kind of a shock. It was like I I I kind of expected that I couldn't do it at this point because I I and also you have to think about like I I didn't when I normally I'm gonna fight a monster for the first time at this point I just Google weaknesses and I I go in kind of ready to to do to fight this monster and then for this first Rajang fight uh, I went in with like anti I went in with like fire resistance and um, a dragon charge blade uh so i was not ready for like i did not have like a lightning resistance set and then ice weapons or anything that would be able to deal with rajang so it was just kind of like a completely winging it kind of thing and i don't know it was it was awesome it was just a super memorable like my just heart my heart it was up the entire time then after i killed him i i, I took a picture and then i and then right after i took the picture to send to you uh it said i had 10 minutes left in the map to go kill to go uh capture rathian and i could i was so then so worried where i was just like okay so this is a, I, it was great that i killed him and i guess it's good um for the future to know that like i'm capable of killing him so like no 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 not not that worried um but uh and i learned the fight but now I, i'm not going to get these rewards if i don't uh kill if i don't uh go capture rathian so it was just an awesome uh experience damn Damn. Right? I know. I'm so excited um, uh, to keep pushing forward and uh, 
I, I want to get up to some of these um these uh end game these uh DLC uh, uh monsters for sure. I've I've speaking of monsters, I've been playing Pocket Monsters Snap or uh, Pokemon oh. Snap for short. Oh. Or uh, you might be familiar. It's actually called New Pokemon's. Did you know that? Did you know that it's called New Pokemon Snap? Uh, yes, I did. Have you seen this one? Have you heard of this? So one? this is like Monster Hunter a little bit, right? But you're it not. It actually is. Yeah. It is like Monster Hunter, right? Yeah, it's like Monster Hunter, but instead of killing them, you take a picture of them. You know, in some cultures, that is considered stealing the soul. So I've played Fatal Frame. Interesting. So New Pokemon Snap. New Pokemon Snap. What is there to say about New Pokemon Snap? That's what I'm thinking. So, I mean, I, 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 how? I, I guess so one of the things let, I've been hearing me, is that it's Pokemon Snap. Oh man, it is so Pokemon Snap. So let me tell you about this game. I, I'm, I'm gonna describe it to you as though uh, you know nothing about Pokemon Snap because uh, I actually do not know uh, what is new and what is old in this game. Did for, you play Pokemon Snap? I did. Yeah, I played it a lot. I played it a lot, a lot, a lot when I wow. got it. Wow. Okay. So is there is there a nostalgia? Well, what is, what are the Absolutely. um um what are the generations? Is it free form like fucking what it, knows, man. Yeah. It's like, free cause, form. Cuz it used to be more I would it would used to be kind of more interesting to say like what generations are being used in this game, but um I guess it just probably whatever whatever you got. I think it's and that's kind of fun because they take it's fun to see like a Pokemon that you're not familiar with and like not knowing like what it kind of is like, what it does, like what kind of moves it can use. Uh, but but let me let me tell you about this game. So uh, I'm gonna start off by saying that this game is much better than I expected. It's it, I, I like it a lot. Um, and one of the reasons I like it is also because I can convince my wife to play it with me. Uh, be, be, oh, because yeah. it is that's like. A, a casual like fun like oftentimes like funny like actually like very often funny kind of kind of game uh and, and it is also just such a game that is fun to play with somebody else to like sort of show them like the pictures you're taking but but i'm getting ahead of myself so essentially the game is you have been uh tasked with cataloging uh the pokemon of this new region that's just been like found uh so you what is the are name of this region? The Lentil region. Interesting. Okay. And you're working with... Uh, the Lentil. With Professor Mirror. They ran out of words? Yep, they ran out of imaginary words, so they have to use... They uh, have to use real words. It's actually Lentil. Like, not it's like not Lentil. lentil. Like lentil. Okay. okay. Lentil region. But essentially, you are on a track, uh, and every time that you start up a level, you're on a track... And you go through this track and you look around you and there are Pokemon. And you are tasked with taking photos of these Pokemon. But the Pokemon will act in different ways. Uh, they will interact with each other. Um, you can do like a scan, which might reveal uh, some secrets. You can throw apples uh, to could, the Pokemon. I think you always, yeah, I could remember throwing or, apples or at other the ones. Pokemon. Uh, and that'll make them act in different ways. And there's all, all sorts of like weird secrets and weird things that you could do that make the game like super replayable. And also, you're not just trying to like take a picture of a Pokemon and be done with it. Um, every Pokemon has like a page in your Pokedex uh, that has like a one, two, three, and four star photo. 
Uh, and the four-star photos are, like, extremely rare moments that you have to usually do, like, an entire quest, a sequence. Like, you have to do a run that is based around capturing specific four-star uh, actions of Pokemon. Uh, so, for example, there is a map where you run into this Pidgeot over and over. Um, and you essentially, like, have to get the Pidgeot to certain spots and then, like, feed him. And if you feed him multiple times then later in the in the track he will like fly directly in front of the vehicle and like fully block it and like your vehicle will stop moving and then he'll just do like this giant like stretch out his wings and if you take a photo right there that's a four star shot that's a four star shot baby so th there's all sorts of uh these these different like sort of like quests and requests that you get uh and Essentially, so you're, you're going through these uh, tracks and as, you know, you're taking photos of Pokemon and then at the end of it, you're getting like scored. So you, you essentially like have taken all your photos. You take up to like 70 photos in a trip and then you choose one photo uh, for each Pokemon that you want to show the professor. Okay. So you're essentially like choosing the one photo that you think uh, will be best. So you can't ever clear anything. On the first go. On the try because uh you can't take a one two, you can't present the the professor with a one two three and four star of a pokemon does it tell also, you what it that it's going to be a one two or three or four star before you it does yep okay uh but what it doesn't tell you is then uh there are score rankings of like bronze silver gold and platinum tier photos uh based on uh the composition of the shot so what does the background look like uh are there other pokemon featured uh what is what is the size of the Pokemon in the shot? So are they like really far away? Are they like centered and focused? So all of these things uh, sort of factor into the score. So it, it is also replayable because you're trying to get these better shots because as your score goes up and you're finding more and more Pokemon and cataloging them more, uh, you're leveling, you're increasing your research level on the tracks. And as you increase your research level, the Pokemon are becoming more comfortable with you and they're going to do weirder and like, like different things essentially. So you'll start off on a track and you'll see, you know, maybe like a, a few, uh, um, you'll see Bidoof. Bidoof is the sort of beaver Pokemon. Oh, we know and Bidoof. On, on like level one, uh, you'll see Bidoof and he's sort of like hiding from you. And then on level two, you'll see Bidoof and he is like swimming around and carrying sticks. And then on the third research level, the Bidoof has built you a bridge um, that you can travel across and then you get a new route through the level. Oh, that's a neat little thing. Yeah, and then you can throw an apple into uh, the little uh, hut that Bidoof has built and then Bidoof will pop like out dam, the top. Or... Yeah, he builds like a little dam and you throw like a little apple at it and then Bidoof's head pops out and you take a picture that's a four-star photo right that's there. That's a four-star photo right there, baby. Yeah. Or, you know, you uh, you constantly harass the Pidgeot until it flies really close to the river. Then you throw an apple at a Magikarp at, in the water. A Magikarp jumps out of the water. The Pidgeot grabs the Magikarp. That's a four-star photo. Um, That's a four-star so there's, photo. So then there's also this other thing that you are, um, egg, egg, like, researching which is this uh thing called like illumina events which is uh there are like these flowers around the region um 
which when Pokemon are near them and when they're reacted with in certain ways uh, will cause a glow. And if monsters stay near them, the, mon the Pokemon will glow. And when they glow, uh, it changes like their mannerisms uh, and it changes some of their, like the way that their abilities look, it'll change the way that they act. Um, so as you're researching specific regions, uh, you're able to sort of bottle this, this Illumina. And then you get access to these Illumina orbs, uh, which you could throw a Pokemon and it'll do different things. So there's like this, uh, early on in one of the levels, you see like this little rabbit called the Scorch Bunny and he's doing like this flaming kick. Um, but if you throw an Illumina orb at him before he does one, uh, it will be a blue fire kick. And if you take a photo of that, that's a four star photo, you know, that's a four star photo. So it's pretty neat. And, and one of the things that I think is also pretty neat about it is that there is a bit of a randomness to it where Pokemon will um, spawn in different places at different times. Like at, the runs are not completely uh, deterministic, where sometimes Pokemon will be in surprising places. And, you know, so it, it does sort of add to the variety of of the thing of like, uh, you know, you, you don't go into a level knowing exactly what's going to happen. You have some idea and you have some idea of like, okay, well, specifically uh, the professor has requested that I take a picture of this Pokemon getting into a fight with these three other Pokemon. Uh, so I'm going to go for that. But then, you know, some unexpected things might occur uh, where maybe that's not an option this round, uh, this time around. And, and that can be like a little bit annoying sometimes of like, okay, well, I went here to see this one specific thing and I'm not seeing it. And now I have to, you know, go back. But I, I do always feel like every run that I'm doing, I'm progressing. Like I'm getting something out of it. I'm, I'm seeing something new. I'm getting some new shot. And it's really fun so far. Like I, I'm still unlocking new like equipment. Like the Illumina orbs were pretty, like I, I recently got those. So once I got them, it was fun to go back uh, to the levels that I played before and try out like the new the new tools that I have uh, to see new and different behaviors. And it's also just like really exciting the idea of like where are the legendary Pokemon, right? Like are there legendary Pokemon like that I haven't There's seen yet because be. I haven't. How could there not it, be? Of course. So it's like are there things that like I haven't done yet? And if I like sequence things out, I'm going to see like a legendary Pokemon. And and so that's all, all of that is very cool. I remember like how like crazy and exciting it was in the first game when you start to see legendary Pokemon, uh, like all the things that you would have to do to get like Moltres to spawn. That's that's something that I like kind of fondly remember. Uh, so so I, I recommend this game. I think it's really fun. It's super chill. Uh, it's it's very digestible. Like the the runs are short. So you could just like you could sit there and do a whole bunch of them, but but it's also like you could pull you could pull your switch out, do a run, and then put it away, and and still feel like you got something out of it. Man, I'm I'm impressed that they managed to uh to make a a good Pokemon Snap game in uh in 2021. Uh, after so many years, I would have thought that it would have been kind of weird, and it was already kind of a weird game, like just an on rails taking pictures game, like it is. At least, um, it just doesn't sound uh, compelling immediately, and uh, you would think that it, like it's it's hard to not to, to to do these things to make it replayable or enjoyable. But it sounds like it's pretty cool, and also I think probably more than anything, it, it would be like the kind of good thing to do with an SO of like 
that maybe isn't more that isn't interested like i think you have a good uh situation for that of like it's just such a um easily enjoyable uh experience that that uh doesn't yeah. like require that, that's just chill it doesn't require either like knowledge of like how to play games or anything like that or it's also nice to be around pokemon without having to play pokemon yeah i know what you mean just like being in that world seeing the kind of like aesthetics and the cute things that they are and like the designs without having to deal with that like moldy old uh completely rotting gameplay right on so that is mostly what i've been playing well we've been playing a lot of valorant and breeze is out i mean yeah, I've been playing a little bit more here and there. You know, I've been playing The Outer Worlds. I've been playing Monster Train. Remember Monster Train? Yes, I one do. Of the, one of the best roguelites of all time. Remember that game? Of uh, course. I've been playing that, uh, but we've been playing Valorant. As we do. Still. I mean, as we do. We always we, we talk about this. Um, since the last time we talked, Breeze was not out. But we did talk about what it looked like. It's an island map. It's, it takes place in the Caribbean um, it has, uh, it, it, there's castle kind of look. So it's, it's got this cobblestone vibe. Um, I get, what is your, what it, now we, so during, since we last time we talked, it came out, it, uh, they did the smart thing where there was a breeze only queue for two weeks and, uh, we could play as much breeze as we wanted to. And for the first couple of days when we played, uh, whenever I was playing with you guys, pretty much, it was like breeze, 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 just breeze all the time. Um, and then we have since shifted more back to just like doing unrated. And I think the, the like you, the queue is gone, right? There's no more breeze queue. No more breeze queue. So, uh, we got to play a fair amount of it. What are your thoughts about breeze? I don't know yet. I feel like I still haven't played it enough. I think that aesthetically the map is interesting. I think that variety is always good to have. I, I've said this before and I'll say it again. My least favorite Valorant map is the one I just played. Yeah. So I, I agree. never, I agree with that sentiment. Valorant games are so long, right? If you play the same map back to back in Call of Duty, which by the way, they make sure that that is not an option. If you ever play a map in Call of Duty, you stay in the hopper and you do not have to repeat the map. But in Valorant, these games are 40 minutes long. That's that is too so imagine that you played a Call of Duty map 3 times in a row. That's one game of Valorant. So yeah. imagine that you played a Call of Duty map three times in a row, and then they said, would you like to play the same map three times in a row again? Yeah. So I appreciate Breeze for just being a new map and, you know, reducing the chance that that happens. Now, does um, it though, James? Does it? Because you think yeah. that there would be, um, there's six maps now, right? Am I wrong? Six maps. So... You would say, like, what are the chances that we could get three ice boxes in a row, right? What are, what the, are the chances? Um, and I would say to you, um, I don't even know. One in... Do, 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 do. It's it's a big number. One in 18? Wouldn't it be less Something than like that? that? One in 18? I feel like that's much... I feel a like one-sixth, a one-sixth, and a one-sixth. I don't know. Um, so anyway. So you multiply so. six times six times six. Yeah, maybe it's... No. Yeah, I think it's 1 in 18. Either way, um, so Breeze is a good map in that it is a different map than the other maps. <laughs> um, aesthetically, I like it. I like the, the beach vibes. I like the vibrant colors. I, I think that the, that the map... One, one thing that I appreciate about it is that it feels like it has 
different areas, like a lot of like different places, like aesthetically going on where it has like the halls, it has like the elbow area, which is like inside like this castle. It has this very open like B site with like this giant silo in the middle. And then it's got like this very uh, tech looking pyramid A site. Um, but at the same time, it all still feels very cohesive, like like of one design. And, and so I, I dig it for that. But I, I still don't know how it plays. And, and I think that playing the map before you know what's going on is like playing a fighting game when you don't know all the combos. Uh, yeah. Because the, the fun of, um, of Valorant and of tax shooters, I think, is that you have expectation of where people are going to be. And the fun is like, sometimes you're right and sometimes you're not. And people defy your expectations. And when they're defying your expectations, uh, they're making things like exciting and interesting. But when a map is brand new, like Breeze, um, there are no expectations. And, and for me, I, I feel like that makes it a little bit less fun. Yeah, I know what you mean. But also there's there's other things like stuff to do with the meta. You get used to, like, you, it, it has been so important, like, um, uh, not just the like flicking to a head but but like basically like breaking down the the gameplay and the map so much that you know how to turn a corner and maybe like jiggle peek and almost like know how to position your cursor so that it's going to be on where a head would be and yeah like it is kind of weird and like more free for all it loses it, it the 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 fighting game um the fighting game is uh, uh paired uh parallel is is apt because it's it's like when you don't have the combos or something or you don't have like a knowledge of how the character matchup works it's more just like everyone's mashing and it could go and it feels like it could go in any way swinging but it's not based off of like the work you've done and if you don't have the tools um then you're not then like it's harder to like make a play that is fun because you you thought how, about how to do it and not just like something that just randomly happened you know what I mean? So it's so that's I do know what you mean. That's kind of the thing, right? Is that is that it like it, it a lot of the map can just like randomly feel like it happens or you just get shot from like a weird angle way far behind because you didn't expect it. Yeah, so ultimately I don't have a lot to say on Breeze yet. Uh for, for me, I mean, maps are great. I love new characters uh because I feel like a new character uh has like an immediate impact because you're taking something new and you are like putting it into like the expectations that you already have on a map so how does a character like yoru uh fit into bind right like how does he work with the teleporters and things like that and and i find that more um it, it, it's more intuitive than like trying to solve an entire map uh i will like breeze the more i play it probably in the same way that i felt like with icebox where Icebox, there there was like this immediate excitement when it came out, and then I didn't like it because it felt too random, and now I'm starting to like it because I've played it enough to solve it. Yeah, and they've done they've made some also minor map changes that have made it better. Um, like Icebox used to be even more weird. Like there, like the yellow crate was this like massive, super high uh, crate that like towered in the sky and was kind of like a weird thing that that only um, like Omen or Jet could kind of get on there. Uh, so, so they've, they've made some changes that have made the, the map better, but yes, like people playing over time and being used to it 
means that like i don't because i don't know if like our group i don't know if we're necessarily like we're, we're not phenomenal to begin with because it's such a hard game to play a lot of times but i think we do better when we we are experienced and like know that like uh turning this corner like where and the intelligence wise planning positioning like where is an enemy going to be rather than just these like massive adjustments like i don't like i don't know how good we are as a group overall for just like doing like half screen flicks and in a new map and especially in uh icebox or breeze that are these more open maps you end up having a lot of that a lot of like I didn't know an enemy would come from here because I'm looking, I'm in a big wide open area. And because of it, I had to like adjust an entire screen away. I had to adjust like 90 degrees. So there's a car alarm going off. Oh, well, I didn't hear, you hear that. No. Wow. So yeah, I, I don't, I, the first day I like loved it. And, uh, I, and I think pros overall still seem to like it a lot. And then, uh, and then we just, ha we were just losing on it so much. I just couldn't figure out like why play style wise, it wasn't, um, fitting in to it uh, to with us maybe um, we weren't uh, good about figuring out like a meta for it maybe um, when pros play it a lot and it sees its way into tournaments uh, we'll start to see like what the consistent picks are um, and if pros decide to go like double sentinel in it or something like that because of how open the map is just to like clear off some of the major uh, uh, places that like you have to cover because otherwise it just turns into a mess where anyone yeah, can get around. For, for me, I mean, I, I think that uh, th there is value in a character like Viper who simplifies your entry onto the site because the idea of like, it is so open, but when you create a wall of, of smoke, then you only really have to deal with like half of a site at once. And I feel like that, uh, y you know, it, it just makes it easier to, to solve. Yeah. It also is kind of cool that... Uh, one thing that I would say that that does feel positive, even though like, uh, oh, by the way, um, I, I was looking into it. The chances of of getting uh, Icebox three times in a row is one in two hundred sixteen. Oh wow, that's exactly it. And the way that I that I that I would know that is that a die have four have six sides, right? So all I needed to look up was the chance of rolling a six three times in a row. Uh, uh, so every time one it's one time it's one in six times one in six times one in six so it's one and one out of every 216 times or it's 0.463 percent of time and that happened to us today that's the reason why i'm talking about this actually is because even though they put a sixth map in the game we got icebox three times in a row that's true but consider that the first map it's not about the chance of getting an icebox. It's about getting one map three times in a row, right? Yeah. So the first map, the first pick doesn't count because the first pick is a fixed point. Yeah, the first pick is one through six. But the point being is that that you landed it's a one on in thirty six. It's a one in thirty six. I don't know of getting about the same that. map three times in a row. No, it is because the first because the first map doesn't matter, right? Because yeah. if it's ascent, then it's ascent then it's ascent then that you know then that's interesting that's a one in 36 chance mm -hmm. i mean yeah it is a one in 216 chance that it is like if someone said what are the chances of it being icebox three times in a row then that's one in, one in 216 but the chance of a map three times in a row is one in 36 all right I can because the first this. map is a yeah so it will be good. I, I So unfortunately, even though Icebox came off of its queue and now is like mixed into the main queue, um, we haven't, uh, I haven't felt uh, its presence in 
in the queue yet. I guess it'll be bet things will be better when we're playing uh, consistently, and you just get a chance to to get that ice box th- uh, to get a breeze thrown in. I mean, and uh, that that hopefully, even though this one day has shown that even with more maps, you can still have issues with map diversity. I wonder if they're going to do anything to. I mean, six maps is a good amount of maps. I think they wanted seven was like one of their numbers that they want. That was exactly in an interview. They said that they kind of wanted to rush to seven maps and that they would then they would feel like they have a good enough portion of maps that they could slow down the map release. Yeah, because at some point you're not going to see your favorites. Yeah. Like you could go multiple days without seeing your favorites. Yeah, we already do. Even when there were, even when there was like four maps, we would go days without like, I guess we'll never see split today or I guess we'll never see bind. I never see split. I never I, see I bind. We got split today. today. Bind is uh, apparently currently like the least enjoyed map from really. Pros. Yeah. I guess they like split more these days. Uh, apparently, the issue with it is that setups just don't work because the rotations are so fast. Yeah. That like you know, could you know because you could just like hop in, you, you could just like hop into like the teleporter, like yeah. run out, go in, like immediately go into the other teleporter, and then just like do that ad nauseum. I could see that getting really frustrating on a pro level. Like, uh, uh, do you th- how often you could just go like be long or something, use up some of the enemy utility, and then just jump in a teleporter? But I mean, if you're ready for that, then there's ways around it. Like you could set up traps or something on the other side of the map. Yeah, but it but and it creates an interesting situation of like if you're defending, you have to take control of showers, and maybe you push out so that if they try to rotate, then you're ready for them essentially holding shower as a secondary angle of B. But then if they can commit to B, then it creates, well, now I have a guy who's like hanging out outside showers. Good thing it's Yoru. And he could just teleport. He could he's be just going to teleport. Yoru's fun. Yeah. he's a, uh, The other cool thing about Breeze um, was that for, for all my kind of like middling opinion of it, I feel like Breeze was the first map where they weren't just making a map, they were making a map more with everyone in, in, in mind because it feels like every portion of the, the Breeze kind of like is built for different characters. Like all the characters I would have thought like, oh, it's so open, Phoenix isn't that good. But Phoenix does ha- is really strong on B-side specifically. Like he's pretty good in Hall. Uh, so like- And that, the- that Flash has infinite range, so- um, and then like Raina is strong, like all these characters that I would have thought, like maybe they wouldn't be that good. Like Cypher is really strong. Like everyone has kind of their, their spots. The map really does feel like it was built with the current cast in mind. And furthermore, uh, Yoru, a character that has consistently been kind of bad, um, and, uh, not popular, uh, feels really good on this map because there's these long, long, like huge areas where Yoru's able to get his teleport deep down into like, especially like mid, like there's a courtyard area. You can just throw the teleport and then uh, teleport kind of safely right below that like nest area. So there's some, there's some cool things. I like that. They kind of are building the maps with the characters in mind more. Mm. Otherwise I don't have much to say. I mean, yeah. So we'll see how it develops. Cool. Yeah. It really is the kind of thing where, uh, it's hard to have uh, a great opinion on a map until it's been in the rotation for like months sometimes, you know, like then you then you can actually really have some solid opinions on it and have had a lot of fights on it and also know what the overall meta is or like where what angles you should be holding, what's like the safe places to hold and what characters work really well on it until you've done that. Like it's just kind of a mess. Are those video games? That can be video games. 
WTDG podcast. That's what you're listening to. Hopefully you know that. What is this episode? We have so many episodes. This is episode 263. Did you even know that there was a number 263? No, I didn't know that it went up that high. I knew that there was 216, but I thought that 217, I'm thinking about it. I thought that was the unknowable number. Wait until you see 265. What? Oh, I shouldn't have said that. You spoiled it for me. It's not a spoiler. No, that's that's got to be that's way late down. I in numbers. You got to name this episode. It's not a spoiler. It's know? not a spoiler. Or it could be four star in the in the context of pictures. Four star. And write this down. It's not a spoiler. That's a good name for an episode. Um, you know what's the deal with games? I don't know. Hopefully you know. This is on Spotify. You know, follow us on Twitter if you want. At sign WTDG podcast. Where you could comment and tell me your favorite video game spoiler. Don't. Thank you, Ryan Galloway. And, uh, wait, or did you finish your thing? I'm good. Thank you, Ryan Galloway and Bumper for the use of your music. Bump- we use the intro. Bumper. We use the intro and outro. Uh, you can get it off the new album, Pop Songs 2020. You can find them on YouTube where you can get links to all their merch. I'm, Bumper. I'm not wearing it, but I have their shirt and I have their album. How is that? The shirt or the album? The album. The album is phenomenal. Short and sweet. I know. So, Me too. what do we say? I could say, that's a four star. That could be my new thing. Um, I could say, shit, I forgot to say. You know what? It was it, it was just um, May the 4th be with you. And I I was <laughs> I have recently been bringing back, I don't know if you've noticed this, on the last uh, couple of podcasts, I've been doing May the something be with you. So I should have, maybe I'll put in uh, May the 11th be with you. Uh, the week of May the 11th be with you, and I'll splice that in the beginning, and that'll be a fun little thing. Um, that and maybe and maybe you still say this part, at the and end, I still say this part at the end. end. So then it's a callback. So that, it's a kind of like a. It's, it's like a the. Spoiler. It's like Harry Potter. Um, what was it? Prisoner of Azkaban, I think. And I think it was Prisoner of Azkaban. And basically, you're gonna see. Uh, you're you're, you're going to watch it first. You're gonna listen to it with your watch it with your ears the first time, and then you're gonna say. And you're gonna say you're not gonna think anything about it. May the eleventh be with you. I said in the beginning, uh, it'll be this one for the week of May the eleventh be with you. Uh, WTG okay. for the week of May the eleventh be with you. That's the one that I'm gonna use. Uh, maybe and then and then uh, you'll listen to the whole cast and only are only the Robs out there who have listened to this or the Shrons maybe that have made it this far. Um, or the Kyles. Or the Kyles that will have gotten to this part will we'll hear this part and then they'll be like, what? That was movie magic. It wasn't, it was you didn't like even. In, it was like in Harry Potter. It was like in Harry Potter and Hermione Azkaban. was in all the classes because she had the, the, the time magic watch. Yeah. She had the magic watch. And in the beginning, and then there was the part where, where Harry had to save himself and he said that the person's going to show up and it turned out that it was he who saved himself. Because God loves people who who help themselves, and that's how this the beginning of this podcast is. It's like a magic thing. Have you go back in time? Right? Magic, magic. All right, Ryan, take it to me. It's a four star. I don't know. I'm sure I get it.